0: Baby Girl's Gun, 13 3rd Avenue, New York City, 1982. She said he gave her the little gun because it was classy and elegant, like her. A feminine twist of metal and pearl, lethal, like her. She kept it under her pillow, just in case. Her bed was, is, and always will be under an open window, this one looking out onto 3rd Avenue. In 1981, her pillow filled a head-pistol sandwich, but she doesn't use a pillow now. Then she pulled her bleach-blonde bombshell locks into a ponytail when she slept, always with her man, Billy, under a pile of blankets in the winter or sweating naked in the summer, but always with her man. The window gaped like a loyal simpleton, beaten by the sun or drooling raindrops, but its mouth never closed. The window stayed open. My mother's world was a riot of improvisations, everything in flux and nothing predictable except the open window and the radio on. Rhythm in the air. Life in the air, she'd say. It stays on. She would tape over the switch. Nobody fucks with baby girl's radio. Later, she would say there was never a gun in the house. She would swear to this like a mafia wife, blinded by passion or loyalty. Either way, it wasn't completely true. There was a gun under her pillow. Whether or not he pulled it out before they shot him, nobody knows. Chapter 2 Birth, 3rd Street between 2nd Avenue and the Bowery, late summer 1985. It was a full moon the last night of August, 1985. My mother told my father to turn the video camera on because the baby was coming. It was sticky hot outside, the kind of air you can feel. She waded uptown through warm pudding to a swimming pool in Hell's Kitchen. Two weeks before, belly the size of a basketball, she had posed in a bikini at the Russian baths for a young photographer who told her that swimming was the best thing to loosen up her hips for birth. My mother had been swimming every day since. Sounds travel differently in the summer. Horns are sharper, screams pierce, and catcalls work double time, trailing swinging booty shorts for blocks. In the mid-80s, streetlights on Ninth Avenue winked on and off over sidewalks cluttered with garbage, the carts of fruit vendors and the splayed bodies of crackheads hugging the cement, sharp ribs laid bare in the heat. Three lanes of headlights cut through the darkness, making Dick Tracy comic books out of countless shady instances, deals and doorways, pupils dilated from a thousand synthetic euphorias, Uptown kids in Brooks Brothers and Pearl Earrings who thought coming to Hell's Kitchen was coming downtown to cop. The beams backlit a fleet of muscle-bound tranny hookers, teetering back and forth on six-inch heels between $20 tricks. They carried box cutters in their garters in case tonight was the night some dumb motherfucker decided to let his Jesus guilt get the better of him after coming on their miniskirt. At nearly six feet tall and broad in the shoulders her eyes raw from the chlorine, Rona was perfectly camouflaged within the local wildlife. They invented the word glamazon for women like my mother. Grace Jones had the same severity and stature. Mix one part unicorn, three parts thunderstorm, two parts wounded bull, and you'd have an approximation of the vibe my mother gives off. A wild tiger would be at a disadvantage in a fight. Bleach blonde hair sliced at her chin, eyes crystal blue, Her head is carved for the shoulder pad look, all bones and lines, her face anchored by a Greco-Roman nose that dives into crimson lips, full and finely drawn, over ivories so impressive we call them her piano keys. Her muscles twist over her sleek bones like steel cables, and she leads with her chest like a native warrior, her hands made to grip a sword in battle. The 70s and 80s were a primitive time in New York, a time of robbery, drugs, and rape, so a working model who favored miniskirts and tight jeans had to be able to show her teeth. She learned to train a look on a man that could make him piss himself. She once carried a busted fluorescent tube through Midtown and shook it in the face of street thugs like a jagged spear. But that evening, my mother was slow-moving, vulnerable if ever fierce. She looked like a teenager carrying a backpack on her front because little aside from her belly had grown during the pregnancy. Her hair was swept back, her skin clear and radiant, glowing the way pregnant women do, with a sharp nose and a head of loose blonde curls like Alexander.